Hello, this is Tala and this is Dirt and Word. Today I'm so happy that I'm going to interview one of my favorite uh, new Lebanese author. His name is uh, Majd Zahir and he has recently published his new book called Borderline Love in Beirut. We're doing this episode at one of my favorite spots in Lebanon and it's the social house Beirut. Borderline Love in Beirut compiles a collection of love stories that were often concealed under the pretext of norms and culture. The novel narrates them in a contemporary setting and takes the reader on a roller coaster of emotions, from the thrill of falling in love to the touching remarks lovers receive. Majd Zahir is with us to discuss his book today. Hi Majd! Hello Tala, thank you so much for hosting me today and I'm really glad to share uh, my, my vision and the, the new novel. Majd, can you please tell us more about yourself? I'm a new Lebanese author, um, I'm 25 years old uh, and I studied translation and international affairs at the American University of Science and Technology and the uh, writing has always been, been my escape. It started with reading and later on um, writing became a, became a way to express my thoughts and my identity and what bothers me uh, and what I love, what I despise, what I enjoy. So uh, I'd say um, writing and reading were my uh, lifelong friends and that's how it started and that's how Bored and I Love in Beirut uh, uh, paved the road towards um, a journey of uh, self-discovery and self-love and which I would uh, recommend to everyone who's struggling at a certain point uh, to express himself or herself, to love himself or herself and just like to accept anyone in the uh, world. Uh, Majd, you sound a lot like me when you talk about yourself because you're an avid reader and so am I. <laughs> so I'm really happy to have you on board. Um, can you tell us more about uh, the book you wrote and what really inspired you to just, you know, take pen to paper and start on with this book? It all started when I wanted to express my thoughts, when I, w- I wanted to speak, I wanted to talk about what bothers me uh, and living in a certain place and what I like. However, I, I found no one to express my thoughts to. So my companion were only my friend, my the paper and the pen. So I, I wanted to express more my thoughts and let these thoughts be a way to awaken um, what is dead in me, uh, to narrate something many had lived and outlived, to tell others, those who are struggling, those who are working day and night, those who are uh, trying to find a way and uh, find a path for themselves, that there is always hope once you believe in yourself, that there is always love once you love yourself, and that there is always escape once you, you want to leave and not uh, attach yourself to a place and to a world where you don't belong to but you just like sit there waiting for, for, for a miracle however the miracle is you and only you have to believe in yourself Was this book some sort of escape for you whenever you held that uh, pen or uh, wrote on your laptop um, how was it that you escaped it how was it that you just you know have all of this flow of ideas and narrative uh, sometimes it would be easier for you to write down your thoughts rather than, than saying them uh, out loud. And for me, I, writing was the, the easiest way actually uh, to say something that I always wanted to express but I was afraid and I failed by, by, by expressing it out loudly. So my characters whom are Joy and Adam and whom most people would, would connect to, uh, Joy and Adam were the gate and the escape for me. And this escape that you've mentioned before resembles many things. 
the for myself the escape was uh, living in a place where I never belonged to but I forced myself to uh, staying with friends whom they never loved me but I just wanted to stay with them because I was afraid of being alone uh, the escape is uh, admitting and accepting myself the way I am without without uh, anyone anyone's opinion and they they say that I'm good enough for them to love me. Uh, the escape resembles uh, the hope that I wanted to become something disregarding all the, the, the struggles the Lebanese society and nowadays the economy we're passing through but I, I attach myself to this hope and I promise myself that the escape is always there. All what you have to do is believe in yourself, believe that you could do it and it's like it happens and you never you never believe how it simply happens really Tala. Once you, you believe that that there is there is a hope there is a hope you just and people out there are waiting for you they just need need to help you but you just have to believe in yourself and help yourself out and that's the magic it's a, it's a it's a magic i love that you said that it's a magic because really whenever i i was reading i felt like i'm escaping myself uh, because you know like the the way you took us through the setting the way you made us visualize how each character looks or feels or thinks really takes us into you know the narrative itself uh, so i really like that I, ha I really have this curiosity to know when did you start writing this book and what was your way of starting it yani, did you did you do it on your laptop did you start writing on your phone notes was it uh, really pen to paper Wh what is it how did you do it uh, it all started one day i was at my my parents house and a person would send me a message telling me that you're not uh, good enough for me to love you. And that's where it all started. Uh, it took me like four or five days of crying and like mourning by, in my room uh, for that uh, I received such a text message. However, I decided like that I think I think I should like stay strong. So I took my pen and I went on a hike. I was like, I always have a diary, and since I, I was a kid, I always used to write on my diary. So I took this diary and I started two papers, which which I, I didn't change anything, and they're the same two pages that you've, you've read in the book. They're the same two pages. So it all started there, and the two pages, each I started writing another page, another page, and it was a, it, it was a, it happened at a time where I was, I think it, I was at my darkest times, and suicidal thoughts were were pushing me to write it and I and I was writing not to publish the book I wanted to people to know that sometimes it's really hard for a certain person to, to exist in a certain society and the escape would be only death however if I didn't believe in myself I think I wouldn't be just like telling you the story today and someone else might be like saying this that I did it however uh, believing that there's an escape the escape that I always mention because it, it exists actually. It started from here. So pain was the was the the, start, the starting point, and I I like pain now because I think without the pain, stories can never start. But the the secret in that is knowing how to accept the pain and how come come over it because. If you can do it, then it's gonna pull you down and pull you down, and it's like it's gonna stick in a in a in a in a mud place, and which you can never leave. But once you know how to manipulate this pain, it's gonna be super easy, and pain would be just a memory that you'd always. I think you'd brag about like 
I was in pain once, but look where I am today. So it, it all started here. I never expected that the joy my favorite character and I think many people would, would uh, reflect their story to the to, to joyous um, would be my, my 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 happiest moment and the proudest because with joy everyone is gonna live the journey of starting from nowhere where you'd be the weakest person on earth you'd be the most person who's bullied who suffers from mental health who never loves uh, the way they look uh, joy is more than a character. He's every one of us. He is every girl who's struggling in a world that she doesn't fit in. He's every boy who's going to work and he hates, but he has to work. Joy is every story of a mother and father whom they never accepted their child the way they are because they're just afraid of what the society gonna judge them. So yeah, the evolution of, the jo of joy from that kid, from that kind of kid, to the person who would stand in front of the mirror and tell the other and tell uh, that they're good enough for them to love, that they're good enough to stand in a place and tell everyone that I am the weakest person whom you used to bully before. Yes, I am Joy. I am the girl whom you used to hate because she was different. I am Joy, I am the boy whom used to bully because he was tall and dark skinned. I am the boy, I am the marginalized group, I am every marginalized person in this world. So the best part was Joy's evolution and how he got over all of this pain to become someone whom everyone wanted to become like, but everyone failed because none has lived this story. In your book you tackled uh, a lot of uh, issues uh, regarding marginalized groups. You showcased uh, what the claims uh, and shunning and shaming they could go through. It really makes us, you know, just feel as if we are in their own places and true. Could you tell us more about how you hope this book, you know, changes people's perspectives about marginalized groups and how do you want to deliver this message in a way that wakes up not the people who are uh, bullied, but the people who actually bully? I hear the question actually is tricky because <laughs> I want to tell them many things. Let's start with this. There is no need to bully the other because he's different or because he's different. You could easily tell them in private that perhaps you could do something for you. It's like if you see that there, that perhaps they could be better, you'd consult them, you'd address them, you'd advise them. But there is no need to bully them. There is no need to hurt them. Imagine that you're in their shoes and you might be that person who would be bullied one day or your children might be or your brother or your mother because she works at a place where people would bully her or even your father because bullying has no age and knows no place and knows no uh, no nation no gender no race everyone could be bullied so imagine that that's happening to the people you love and let's see how does it take and where does it take would you feel in pain would you feel agonized would you feel embarrassed and ashamed that people are are laughing at how you appear or what you say or or at your look? It's it's something humane. It's like it's you. No one has the right to 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 bully you because you. That's you. That's your identity. You're beautiful, no matter what they might say. So imagine that. Imagine you being bullied at a place because you're tall, and everyone is short. Then, are you the the one who's like? 
who 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 stands different yeah you are and you you because you're tall you don't have the right to bully the, the short or because you you you're white skinned you don't have to bully the those who are dark skinned or and no one has the right to bully the other that these are two examples of many other cases where people would bully the other and we, we see people are killing themselves and attempting to hurt others because they're being bullied how harsh is that so yeah my message for for all of us who are bullied just let others live and live and there's always a room for everyone to exist in this world like uh, there are many places which are undiscovered and perhaps there are different people so there is no need to, to, to set a rule for people to exist and let us like all live in a world where we love each other and if loving was a big word then let's accept each other and tolerate each other and we'd be happy. You mentioned that uh, part of the book's revenue would go to uh, an NGO. Can you tell us more about the NGO that you've selected and why did you choose this particular NGO? Uh, the message and the reason behind uh, publishing this book was not gaining revenue as much as I wanted to help others. And Hadak Nibayid or a local NGO whom I stand proud actually from what they've accomplished uh, and I wanted to support them. The message from Hadak Nibayid was supporting uh, underprivileged families and it started during COVID uh, because they were supporting uh, families uh, without, uh, without, uh, yani, without any contact, they were just like placing orders and helping them and telling them that you're not alone in this. So perhaps uh, publishing this book at the moment is another uh, attempt for me to help others, other than those who are struggling, because struggling knows no place as well and has uh, takes different forms. So those who are underprivileged needs an assistant. And what is better than than the message of writing that could be transcribed? to a way to help others because my message from the book was accepting other and supporting the other. Supporting has many ways. It could be through mental uh, support, emotional support, uh, financial support. And my book wasn't uh, wasn't talking about the financial support as much as it was debating the the emotional and the uh, mental support. So let's let's do it. And I decided to take part from the revenue that would go as a donation for Hadak Nabayid so that they would be supporting on my behalf and every reader who, who felt and grew, at, grew attached to the characters so that they, they or myself could be supporting these families through, through writing and through reading. I really want to ask you if you're going to have the book translated into other languages, maybe Arabic, French. Uh, could you tell us more about if you're going to do that? <laughs> As a translation student, actually, I thought at first as writing the book in, uh, in Arabic. However, there are two options why I didn't. First was, actually, I prefer English. The second, which you might laugh at me, it's about the, the, the sensitive and the sensitive, the message I'm delivering and how uh, it might be considered as a taboo in the world, in, in the Arab world, and being it written in the in, in an Arabic language would, would, would increase the backlash and people wouldn't accept it easily. So I think I wasn't manipulating others here and I wasn't like trying to, to hide behind something or, or fake something. No, I was super honest with myself and with the readers and it's clear from the uh, from my biography from what I'm saying. So all what I what I wanted to do from the English, it would I think it would reach a wider audience, those who are might be more interested in the message I'm trying to deliver. And for those who might not be perhaps really thrilled to, to hear about the, the, the and discussing the topics I am writing, perhaps they might be intrigued. And let them read it, let them read the book, and based on that, let them judge. 
Uh, so my message here as well is don't judge the work before having it completed. There is always a room for opinions and critique which, which is needed and required. And at me, me at publishing at this book at this age, I need so much support and help and advice, which I'm gonna accept and embrace. But I wouldn't accept someone who would judge me or insult me. Insult actually is a big word. Who would judge uh, uh, judge me for for something that he has not read or she has not read? But all they would say about is a perception they had about myself. Let them read the book, and after that. Let each one of them decide if that if this work is worth being written in English or it if if they would have accepted if it was written in Arabic. And yeah, my big plan is having it translated to as many languages as you'd like you'd be able to count. But I personally wouldn't do it because I think I'd stay true to myself and like stick to the language which I I mostly enjoy writing in. I came across the dedication page in the book that says. To my mother, thank you for keeping my shelves full of books. I can so relate. And here I want to thank my mom as well for, you know, for keeping my shelves uh, full of books too. And uh, I really want to ask you, since you're an avid reader as well, what was like a certain book that, you know, touched, touched you in a way that, you know, it, it stays with you till now? I know this is a tricky question. I'll, t- I'll give you time to think. Um, What's something that you really feel that, all right, this book is something, and this book is something that I really want uh, to keep on reading it and rereading it for a long time now? Actually, I think my favorite uh, book I've ever read is something I would always relate to, and it's the uh, Semester's Daughter for Jumana Haddad. Um, I think uh, Jumana Haddad as a, as a writer is someone whom I always uh, whom she always inspired me because I saw in the way she was uh, talking about issues that they are considered as taboo starting from the uh, the, the the sexist world we live in and how uh, men always stand superior than women it all started here so I think she at certain point she encouraged me to write about stuff that are taboos however she the, she she believed in in, in the in the capacity of the word she's presenting and how raw she went but she was able to create a move that everyone I think would be always proud of so uh, that's the, the the book that I, I I enjoy reading actually and would always like read over and over and why I enjoy it is like I enjoy the evolution of the characters and how she took us from the from the first day she was born and how the the, the characters struggled and surpassed every bitter uh, journey she passed through starting from the desert and how she grew in Lebanon and it is beautiful actually and I, I would always like connect to and reflect myself to and the evolution of of the character as Jumana's presented in her book I think has something to do with Joy and Adam and the way they grew uh, in this book. Can you give us some sort of teasing for how the book would end but without you know giving us the juice itself so can you just tell us on what note is, is this going to end? Um, there is always one sentence I'd always uh, relate to. It's, it, it starts like this. To my lover who knew how to give me a life but easily take it away. Uh, by saying this sentence, I would always go to the, to the crucial part of loving yourself and uh, knowing how to love yourself be- before loving anyone. And in here, 
I think this sentence would really summarize how I grew up to believe that no one could save you but yourself and no one could love you more than the way you'd love yourself. So my message for everyone, again before like I'm wrapping it up from my side, for those who are trying to love but they, they're not loving themselves at first, I wanted them to love themselves, to accept themselves and let them wait, let them grow fond of themselves and wait until they're ready to love and let them fall in love. Let love be the journey of hope and acceptance and let it be the most joyful memory you'd ever carry. You don't have to be like a joy, you don't have to struggle, you don't have to cry, you don't have to attempt to hurt yourself because of someone's actions. On the contrary, let love be that gate, that escape to the heavens your eyes had never seen. But you can only do that once you truly and genuinely and frankly love yourself. So here I am telling you all, love yourself before you love anyone. And again, love is love no matter what has no color, no gender, no race. You can simply love, you could fall in love with a tree, but that's always called love. possible by the generosity of listeners like you. Kindly consider a contribution through the links in the details box. Any amount is appreciated. I'm Tala Ramadan and this is the written word for the Beirut Banyan.